It's Monday, January 24th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about the possibility that we're reaching the peak of the Omicron surge, Lebanon's disintegrating economy, and the New Zealand Prime Minister's cancelled wedding due to COVID. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. About a month into the latest COVID surge, and it's looking like cases might be peaking. Nationally, we're starting to see the seven-day average trend downwards, which even the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, said is an optimistic trend. We all know that the Omicron variant has swept the world at a speed that we didn't see with the Alpha and Delta strains. In just a couple months since it was first detected in late November, millions have become infected. While the surge has caused an increase in hospitalizations and deaths from the spread, it's nothing like what we saw with last year's winter surge, especially when considering how drastic the rise was. Still, hospitalizations and deaths are considered lagging indicators as it could take weeks for those infected to experience more severe reactions to it. But so far, it's proven to be much less consequential. Some infectious disease experts are saying that there's a possibility that the end of this surge could mark a time to start considering COVID as no longer a pandemic, but an endemic, which means that instead of thinking of the virus as an outbreak to try to avoid and eradicate, to instead start learning to live with it, much like the flu or chickenpox. That could look something like having annual vaccines and reducing other restrictions like masks and lockdowns. Obviously, this idea is still pretty divisive, especially when we look globally, with some countries around the world still implementing no-tolerance lockdowns and sweeping vaccine mandates. Once Omicron settles, it really will be interesting to see what sentiment emerges. Two years into life with COVID, and we still have many who believe the virus is still a dangerous threat to our everyday health and lives. But now, we also have others suffering from COVID fatigue and starting to weigh the costs versus the benefits of continuing as we have. Lebanon was once pegged to be the Switzerland of the Middle East during rebuilding efforts after their civil war ended in 1990. With foreign aid, funding, and support from neighboring nations and even abroad, there appeared to be a hopeful new beginning for the country. But after a few decades of mismanagement of finances and politics, Lebanon now finds itself in what some economists and the World Bank are describing as one of the world's most severe economic downfalls since the 1850s. Well, apparently the issue started shortly after the war ended and the country's leadership not just overspent on recovery efforts, but overspent on the wrong initiatives. For example, it sounds like most funding went into projects like building skyscrapers and luxury shopping malls, all while there were more pressing issues like a power shortage throughout the region. On top of the spending, Lebanon also had an output problem as well, meaning the country didn't really seem to have many forms of industry or ways to contribute to the global economy to bring in revenue. In fact, outside of foreign money, it sounds like the big revenue stream was actually remittances, which is money sent back home from Lebanese who found work abroad. Well, thanks to regional instability, remittances as well as foreign funding started to slow. So what you had was a lot of bad spending with decreasing income. 
This caused the country to fall further and further in the red. In an attempt to create some financial stability, in 2016, following the guidance of the central bank, banks started offering really good interest rates to incentivize people to deposit their money so that the banks had money to lend and keep the economy flowing. Some economists say that this tactic could have worked if it was also accompanied with reforms. Well, it wasn't. And what followed was overspending by politicians, a central bank with more liabilities than it could pay for, and foreign donors pulling back on billions of dollars due to the instability. The final straw that seemed to unravel it all is said to be in October 2019, when a plan to tax WhatsApp calls sparked mass protests. WhatsApp is a communication app that billions of users around the world use to keep in touch with others. These protests resulted in the withdrawal of even more foreign inflows, which meant that banks no longer had the money to give depositors their money back. On top of that, the government defaulted on its debt. This isn't even mentioning the explosion in August 2020 that killed 215 people and resulted in billions of dollars of damage in the capital of Beirut. To this day, the cause of that blast is still unknown. To give a glimpse into the severity of the financial issues that the nation faces, by some estimates, Lebanon's debt is almost 500% of its GDP, or the value of what's produced within the country. For some perspective, the World Bank found that countries who exceeded a debt-to-GDP ratio of 77% for prolonged periods could experience slowdowns and economic growth. Lebanon's is 500%. A new government was formed late last year. Foreign supporters are hoping for reforms to tackle the corruption and financial policy. New Zealand's Prime Minister has cancelled her wedding amid COVID concerns. She hadn't announced the date of the upcoming nuptials, but it was suspected to be pretty soon. New Zealand has recently announced new restrictions as nine people in the country recently tested positive for Omicron. Similar to its neighbor Australia, New Zealand is one of the more cautious when it comes to containing COVID and has chosen more of a stamp-it-out approach. Some new measures recently announced are reducing the time to receive the vaccine booster shot to only only four months after completing the original round, requiring all returning travelers to isolate for 10 days after arrival, as well as those who have been in close contact to an infected person to wait to take a test on day five. Also limits on gatherings, mask mandates, and thorough contact tracing. The island had plans to ease border restrictions soon, but postponed that until possibly the end of February, depending on if the number of cases continues to spread. It's Monday, January 24th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like The News Diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode. And leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you, so if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at thenewsdiet.com.